Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Jimmy Jim. Jimmy Jim. Jim Jim Jim. I mean, I'm Alex. Shiver, shiver me timbers and ahoy, mateys. It's, it's me, uh, Pirate Captain Britain. Welcome aboard our podcast to set sail today <laughs> on these high seas. Oh, boy. Hope, hope you don't get scurvy on our podcast. <laughs> boy, we really needed you for the Pirates of the Caribbean episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys already ones. did, though. Yeah. That's sort of like, yeah. a, like a, not a barrage, like a hallucination me like they just they're just very fuzzy those last like like especially four and five i think i i could not tell yeah. you what the difference between those two movies is yeah there's a yeah, that's true i keep i keep forgetting i know i haven't seen five but i keep thinking that i it, i saw four so i feel like that counts sure. <laughs> it's like there's a, a there's a weird flashback in five and like Somebody who is normally a good actor, but in this case, I can only think of them as like a Mads Mikkelsen type because I can't remember their name. Isn't that is that a is that Mance Raider? Is he in five? Kieran Hines. There we go. I found a name. No, he's not in five. Who am I thinking of? Is it Javier Bardem? Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah. all three of those all three of those guys do very much blend together for me, even though they are like not actually that similar. Ian McShane. Is the bad guy in four? Ooh, okay. He's—I—I I feel like he's more recognizable to me. Those other guys just—they get—they get a lot of roles. So let's stay on topic here, <laughs> Tyler. What are we talking about this week? This has been on my mind. Okay, um, we are talking about Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Did I get it right this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I think that's—I yeah, think that's the first yeah. time in this franchise. Um, what are what are the stuff? From Muppet Treasure Island, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, Muppet Treasure Island from 1996, directed by Brian Henson, has a 70% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 77% audience score. Uh, that's pretty comparable with the other scores. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Just Who wants to go first? Looking around there, um, um, I think I can. I can go. Or if, yeah, go. I, th- I feel like I've done it the last few times. Go okay. for it, Bryn. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Uh. I don't have like a a really like hard like this is the best thing or this is the worst thing. So I'll just kind of throw out some stuff that I liked. Um. My best thing is that I think this movie does really good. Uh. Like hat trick jokes like one two three mm-hmm. bing bang boom uh one of my favorite lines or exchanges in all of movies is when they're they're trying to douse the lamp and jim says i hate my life and gonzo says i hate your life too and rizzo <laughs> says if i had a life i'd hate it <laughs> i think that's so good the jimmy jim jimmy jim 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 exchange is so good um there's a great joke later where they're doing roll call and uh uh kermit uh or as captain smollett or no, excuse me, it's Sam the Eagle, as Mr. Arrow, is reading, and he goes, Old Tom. Aye. Really old Tom. Aye. Dead Tom. And it's just a skeleton. <laughs> and it's also great because Kermit kind of, like, quivers, and very quietly you can hear Gonzo go, Cool. <laughs> it's just, I don't dead know, Tom, I think it's a very funny movie. Dead Tom does also come that. back later. And then they say, and then, 
I think they think that Tim Curry has shot him. And they're like, uh-huh. you shot, you shot dead Tom. And then he's like, he's, he's already dead. They're like, <laughs> oh, that's right. I call him dead Tom. And I was like, oh yeah. And he just drops it. <laughs> yes. I guess that I'm, I guess it's a roundabout way of saying, I think the humor is very, mm-hmm. very good uh, in this movie. The, Mother Christmas Carol is his, is extremely funny, but goes for a ver- goes for the emotions more. He goes for the heart more, right. and has comedy along alongside. And this is just flat out like let's make a comedy adventure movie. Like that's what this that's what we're doing. Um, my worst thing is is it's not. I don't even really know if it counts as the worst thing. Is more of a question, but it's. <laughs> Did you guys feel like the the tribe of pigs that Benjamin Gunn, that Miss Piggy has teamed up with, are that is that offensive or not? Are they offensive? Do you know what I'm saying? Because when I was watching it, I was like, you know, it is it is part it is very common for art made in that era or about that era to portray people who live on islands in as savages and to portray them very poorly. Also, Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go, and that's like. A kind of a common colonial thing and i was like okay that's not great but then on the other hand it's so wacky and so out there and they're all pigs which is not great but also the rest of the movie is a frog and a bear and a rat and a whatever and so right. it's like sure. it's all puppets like i really don't think it's like offensive <clears throat> it was just something i thought when i was watching and i was like i wonder if this is one of the things that hasn't aged that well or if i'm just like so trained to look for problems you know, or look, trying to look for stuff like this that I'm thinking about it. So yeah. I don't even know if that constitutes the best. I don't know if I have ever read Treasure Island. If I have, it was a while ago. Um, yeah. And so that was the one thing I was thinking is, I don't know if that's already like in the novel. And then right. they made a fun spin on it that kind of takes it away from that angle. Uh, yeah. Or or what. So. Yeah, I I know that there's a character called Ben Gunn in the book who is like marooned on the island who helps them mm-hmm. i don't know if he is like assimilated into the culture or what the details of that right. are and i don't think he's captain smollett's uh ex <laughs> in that in that book robert lewis yeah, Stevenson I, I also... was very progressive okay <laughs> it's true <laughs> dr jekyll and mr mr hyde was was uh, a layered commentary on something <laughs> i don't know um that's how we all live in a society sure <laughs> dr joker yeah i that's that's all i got continue <laughs> Dr. Joker and Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Batman is the Joker? Someone had to have made that already, right? Probably. That's got to exist. That's on DeviantArt. It's fine. Continue. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, I, I'm sure I read some of Treasure Island when I was younger, but I, I haven't bought it. Alex, have you ever read Treasure Island? I want to say I did, but it was like sometime in elementary school. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those weird books like Call of the Wild where it's like, it's really old and has a kid in it, so it's a kid's book mm-hmm. now. Right. <laughs> it's like, but it's kids, not really a kid's, kids book. Kids books didn't really exist before, like, I feel like, I feel like any decade, I, I'm thinking of The Hobbit and the fact that The Hobbit was like 1930s sure. and that's not a, or that is a kid's book, but like, it's also not really a kid's book. I yeah. don't know. Well, I, we have, in the children's department of the library where I work, we have Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure it's like a it is. abridged version. <laughs> but it's under Stoker, so like it must not be that changed. Hmm. It's odd. <laughs> Alex, what are your bests and worsts about Muppet Treasure Island? Ahoy, Alex. Ahoy. 
Um, to be honest, it, it's kind of difficult for me to come up with either a best or a worst thing because yeah. I don't want to say the movie was quite a flat line for me. I just kind of found it very forgettable. Um, mm. It's very disposable. Uh, like, I found it very funny, and I guess if it were my best thing, I'll, I'll just go with Tim Curry. Sure. Tim Curry's just delightful in it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he, he does a very good job of... of because everybody knows the twist with Long John Silver in right. in the story, mm-hmm. um, but I I still think he does a good job of being f- playing friendly enough without appearing mm-hmm. to be too conniving or villainous. And then when the turn happens, obviously he's able to pull out like his uh, flamboyant Pennywise esque uh, behavior <laughs> sure. and and just kind of yeah. ham it up. Um, and, and selling that he and Jim have a real bond, right? Like that's that is there is actually something between like connective right. between them right um in terms of a worse thing because I, I, I was trying to compare this to um christmas carol because mm-hmm. I, I i absolutely adored that one um and i was trying to think like what does that have that this doesn't like why 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 is that one connecting so much and this this one just isn't and i think it's just the lead performance um michael kane is able to carry that entire movie and in this one um I don't know Kevin Bishop. Uh, Kevin Bishop, who I I looked at his uh, filmography, he hasn't been in a whole lot yeah. of notable stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like he like he's still working, but it, I, th- I guess it's all stuff from like England or Australia. Mm-hmm. Like stuff right. just has like all PBC. Come over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't think he's great in the movie. I think he's just kind of generic kid actor. Um, I, I didn't find him super compelling, and, and the fact that this is about kind of Jim's journey into, like, growing up um, and kind of experiencing adventure for the first time, I don't know. N- none of that really worked for me. It yeah, Like, on a, on a basic script level, it worked, sure, but I I, I thought he was okay, and yes, yeah, I my, my <clears throat> worst thing to say is that something was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's—I I, feel—I liked him more— but I, I do get what you mean. I mean, Tim, Tim Curry is the the performance to watch in that yeah. movie, and uh, ugly babe, baby faced bug. Wait, <laughs> big fat ugly bug faced baby eating O'Brien. Sure, <laughs> is really the best human character in the movie. <laughs> Naturally, like I, uh, I, I do <clears throat> wonder if this one would have benefited from having one of the Muppet play- characters playing Jim. Like, yeah, like Robin like, or something. Yeah. Well, if you had Kermit playing Jim Hawkins, yeah, I do enjoy Kermit as the captain. Like that's all. Yeah. There, there are so many good jokes with him. Um, yeah, I love the how, how volcano. They're just like constantly putting words in his mouth, and he's like, "I, I didn't say that." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I can't remember if that's if that's supposed to be like a meta thing of, of you know like speaking on the text like i don't remember if the captain in the book is supposed to be like this really tough shrewd guy and so the spin on it is oh we have kermit as the captain (laughs) people will will claim he's all these things but he's not really because he's kermit um but yeah i I feel like this one just doesn't have that compelling lead performance Mm -hmm. to help carry it that that uh christmas carol did so yeah 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 I'm going to jump off of that and say my best thing is Kermit as the captain. Um, I probably would have said Tim Curry if you hadn't said Tim Curry. But I also really enjoyed Kermit at this. And I I had talked about, especially I think it was with the, what is the second one of these? 
not Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, uh, um, uh, Caper, Muppet Caper. Yes, great Muppet Caper. Um, with that one, I was kind of like frustrated with the fact that these the Muppets were kind of playing characters, but not really playing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it was hard to get it like invested in what was happening. But this is like uh, the captain has interesting things to do, and it's like a good story. And he, it's a yep. bigger role than what Kermit had in Christmas Carol. Um, and so I felt like that really worked for him. And, and it was fun to see Kermit being Kermit in, like, a new role that still fits his personality. Um, yeah. And so it's like a, it's almost like a an alternate universe take on the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's fun. I really enjoyed that. Obviously, he's uh, one of the important characters in Christmas Carol. But we don't get to see nearly as much of him. Just being fun and and you know doing silly things with Miss Piggy and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I think that he was really strong in the movie. Um, <clears throat> I think my worst things just gonna be like the third act in general, not because there's things I or there's not things I like in it, but because I feel like around the time they kind of track down the treasure or where the treasure was supposed to be. Um, I feel like we started jumping between plot lines in a way that was not very clean. Oh, yeah. Uh, from, like, Tim Curry and some of the pirates, and then the pirates on the boat with Jim and Kermit, who I guess they... Jim goes on the island at some point. Yeah, yeah. And... Jim was with Tim Curry. On the boat was Fozzie and Bunce and Honeydew and yeah. Beaker. And then Jim gets then... away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Kermit and Gonzo and uh, Rizzo were with yeah. uh, the pig, the pig evil Yes, pig and then... Yeah, so they're over there, and then the pirates with Tim Curry show up, and then, like, they leave Kermit and Miss Piggy, and then the everyone takes back the boat, and they go and get Kermit and Miss Piggy, and then they... And I don't know how much of this is, like, following the structure of the book, because, again, I yeah. guess one of us should have read it. I don't think it's particularly long. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have <laughs> tried to brush up. Uh but I felt like, for whatever reason, the way it translated was just very like, okay, we're kind of hopping between a bunch of different things uh, that mm. are, it's hard to sit there and be like, okay, this is the story. Like, there, I felt like the momentum kind of stalled because it was like, okay, one little plot element at a time from each each thing that's happening. Um, so I, I like stuff that happened within those things, but I was kind of like, okay, you're... This is feeling a little bit like whiplash to me. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. T- talking of the Muppets playing characters, uh, I remember what I was actually going to say for my worst thing is that I feel like Fozzie Esquire Trelawney, he's very, very funny, but I, they make him a little too dumb. Sure. To where he like doesn't know the name of the ocean and calls it the big blue wet thing. Mm-hmm. And that he thinks he has a, a man who lives in his finger. Yeah, that, that was one joke, repeating joke that never really... <laughs> Never really, yeah. Landed it never really for me. took off for me. I was like, I mean, I okay. And Fozzie's not like the brightest bulb in the drawer, but he's not. An, he's not sure. dumb. <laughs> but also, you know, it, Frank Oz still sold it. Like I like yeah. the the gag where uh, Tim Curry's trying to get them to toast the voyage with with wine, <laughs> and Kermit's like, "No, we're not going to do that." But like Fozzie keeps pouring himself some, and Kermit's like, "We're not going to do that." He goes, "Oh, okay," and throws it out the window. Yeah. And Tim Curry's like, well, you should. And Fozzie's like, yeah, you're right. And then he pours some more, and Kermit's like, we're not going to do that. And Fozzie throws it back out. Which I think all of that was Which also fun. involves another great recurring gag, is that there's a bunch of rats who are just, like, <laughs> cruise uh, tourists yeah. on board, and so they keep getting splashed <laughs> by the wine. And they just appear yes. randomly throughout the throughout the movie. Like, they're waving <laughs> away at the dock when the boat ship right, leaves. Right. That's good stuff. 
That's pretty funny. They're going, they're going on like island tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I really, really liked Sam the Eagle in this movie. Mm-hmm. I like that we, he gets like a a major role in it as Mr. Arrow. I think he's very funny, and I like Sam the Eagle a lot anyway. <clears throat> um, and during the big fight at the end, he gets to dual wield for a minute. Yeah. He, has, <laughs> he totally has two swords and is fighting off people, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. How did you guys? What did you guys feel about the like the the final battle, the pirates assemble moment? Uh, because for me, like I remember as a kid being like so jazzed by it because it's silly mm-hmm. and it's action, and I'm a kid and everything. And watching it now, I'm like, there's only it's kind of like in Muppet Caper where like the final fight they can only do so much because it's puppets, right? But I feel like in this they managed to be a little more creative yeah. with it. Like I thought there was some good stuff within it. But what did you guys think? Kermit jumping around with a sword like uh, like Yoda from uh, yeah. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. That's good yeah. stuff. That's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. Where he's just like <clears throat> trying to intimidate Tim Curry, and eventually he chucks his sword <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. It's, it's I, I, I do want I do want that supercut or, or <laughs> edit of, of the the Count Dooku Yoda fight scene, but it's it's Kermit footage mixed in. <laughs> when I, I like in that where um, Gonzo fights the cockroach and pins him with the starfish. Mm-hmm. Which is a follow-up on a joke from earlier where Gonzo's like, oh, this feels really weird. And Rizzo's like, yeah, I know. We haven't seen Jim in a long time, and it's so weird being away from home. And Gonzo goes, no, I mean that my pants are filled with starfish. <laughs> <laughs> but And also, a um, little Easter egg. Uh, there's a brief uh, TV show called uh, Jim Henson's The Animal Show, which was essentially like a late-night talk show uh, designed to teach kids about animals. Mm-hmm. And it was hosted by a skunk and a polar bear called Stinky and Jake. And they would, like, have different animals on as guests. They're talking, oh, and you live in this. Okay, and you're a red deer. And what does that mean? Um, but there was a cooking segment, and there was a character called Yves Salaroche. And that that Yves Salaroche was that cockroach puppet ah, <laughs> that Gonzo was fighting. That's pretty yeah. fun. There are a bunch of, like, like, New Zealand is one of the pirates. Mm-hmm. There's a character. There's a monkey in the opening who we will see in the next movie who becomes, like, a staple Muppet called Sal. Um, there's a bunch of little, like, anything mm. Muppets that I went, I know that one. I, it's, like when, it's like before Elmo was Elmo, you could just see a little red monster in the background, and you were like, oh, there's a red guy. But now you're like, that's Elmo. Right. That's Elmo as an extra. <laughs> um, <clears throat> then the other thing I liked in the, in the fight is when there's a one moment where Jim is fighting one of the human pirates, and he starts to win, and Tim Curry goes, Come on, Jerry. He's just a kid. <laughs> and I was like, that pirate's name is Jerry. <laughs> they just like straight up. Okay. <laughs> I thought all that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I I honestly don't really have a whole lot to say about the movie. Like, um, I don't know if it was just like I was maybe tired when I watched it or, or whatnot, but it just kind of just went went through in one ear and out the other <laughs> well well what did you think about blind pe- blind pew blind pew <laughs> he's a who i think is a very funny if potentially problematic character is that towards the beginning yeah he was the one who brings the black spot to billy Connolly. ah and yeah he, I, and he keeps like fumbling around and everything yeah that's a. Uh... It's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that did make me think. I, I was wondering, just because I noticed some interesting comparisons to Pirates of the Caribbean, not just the pirate theme. Like, the black spot 
that's what they give to Jack Sparrow in the second movie, yeah. except it's like almost like an infection on his hand. Um, mm. I, mean, I think course, that's the thing. Yeah, that's a piratical lore. Yeah, that's a pirate lore. Okay, uh, item. Um, I don't know if that actually. It may have started with Treasure Island. Like it may be one of those things that's yeah, like maybe. backwards incorporated into actual pirate yeah. things. Um, or it may be like a real how thing, the, the sure. Godfather like is not was not actually true to how the mafia operated, sure. but apparently they looked at that and they said, "Hey, we can utilize <laughs> some of that." <laughs> Got to get the street well, cred. It'd be funny to to see like Gore Verbinski doing an interview with like AFI and going, "Well, when we were making Pirates of the Caribbean, there were two movies that we just kept." going back to reference and one was uh le samurai a french film about a hitman and the other was muppet treasure island <laughs> and these are the films that we really at the, at the t- and then they show like him sitting in a theater like watching and just like in just rapturously <laughs> taking I, in the boom shakalaka scene I'm, i don't think this is a gore verbinski style but i i'm imagining him in like a he's got like a popped collar on like a nice sort of vest thing like a classic like 60s hollywood exec yeah. you know he's got like a cigar uh and he's like yeah i don't know what he looks like and i'm pic- i'm picturing what i think he looks like in my head but i think that's gus van zandt sure <laughs> so sure um, um yeah I, uh, I i mentioned boom shakalaka one of my favorite jokes in this movie that i'd forgotten about until i rewatched it is when they're captured by the pigs and they start chanting boom shakalaka laka boom yeah. shakalaka laka and it's kind of haunting in a way there's a part and like you know Gon- Rizzo and Kermit are trembling and they show Gonzo and he's watching and Gonzo starts going boom boom <laughs> like just really getting into it I think it's so funny good. I uh, what did you guys think of the music I we're cu- we're hot off of a beautiful score from Christmas yeah. Carol but again kind of like what Alex is saying I, I don't know if it's very memorable for me mm-hmm. um, I think overall the music fits my feelings about the movie which is that it was very enjoyable in the moment uh yeah yeah but it's not necessarily the kind of thing that is going to like pop up in my brain three weeks from now gotcha. um well i guess we'll still be talking about it so i'll have to think about it but uh <laughs> it's it's not the kind of thing that i think is going to necessarily stick with me um i did actually kind of feel like they there may have been some influence on Pirates of the Caribbean in terms of the music. Uh, I know I know that that's mm. like. Uh, well, you know why, right? Did you see who the composer was? I forgot. Yes, because I I think I yeah. I had read that that it is Hans Zimmer, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he did. Yeah, he didn't do the songs, but he wrote the. Yes, the I saw score. that when I was watching the movie, and then I completely forgot about it. Um, and so there, yeah, there is a little bit of that. Um. But also, I think, like, some of the shanties and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and the way they approach it, um, I was very curious if, be, I mean, it seems possible. Did yeah. Disney own Muppets at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems it seems possible yeah. that... Uh, that was one of the last deals that Henson completed mm, before gotcha. he died, was successfully selling the Muppets to Disney. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know, I, I I feel like there could be something there that could have been taken I out. I think so, yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah, I... It's funny because to me this movie is very memorable, but that's because I watched it so many times as a child, mm-hmm. like just over and over and over again. And so a lot of the music really has stuck with me. But I think I think if this had been the first time I watched it, I probably would view it as the most forgettable. Some of that is like you can't help but compare it to the last one we watched, which is 
unfair because it's Christmas Carol. Sure. But also these are the only two literary adaptations. So it's like you kind of, you end up connecting them in some yeah. ways. Um, I really love the opening, the Shiver My Timber song, I mm -hmm. think is like strangely haunting for a Muppet movie and like ominous and kind of dark it's, and people are getting shot. <laughs> like, it's almost a nightmare before Christmas. Like it's kind of, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of vibe. Because there's all these different animals popping up and singing about mm -hmm. how, and there was a bunch of like skulls at one point and just yeah, singing yeah. about treachery and death and all that. Um, and then I think, like, I think Cabin Fever is a fun number and Love Lettuce here is a good number. Like there are, and I really love Professional Pirate. Um, where they are literally like it's like a business seminar where they're trying to like get Jim to apply for the pirate internship program, and there's a part where uh, Tim Curry because they're doing all this great choreography where they keep lifting him up because he's only got one leg, and he'll go he says something like "Upstage lads, this is my only number." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex, I I I agree. I I think he has so much fun in this, and it's a neat like I think a lot in terms of. Christmas Carol, I think this movie does the same things well that Christmas Carol does well, just a little bit less. Yeah. Not not poorly, just less. Less good, but still good. Um, and that's more because of Christmas Carol just mm -hmm. being, like, stratospheric. But you do have this, this very different thing where Michael Caine was giving this more subtle performance that I think is beautiful, as, as we discussed at length in the last episode, or second to last episode. And Curry's is this big, bombastic... You know, he'll he'll do that Tim Curry thing where he'll just go and just <laughs> make these faces and they're just completely bonkers. But it's so much fun. And I think it really works. Um, and so it was kind of cool to see them not try to like they went back to the like classic literature. Well, but they didn't go. What's another how, what how else can we tug at the heartstrings? What's another like emotional story we can tell? They went, let's just do like a fun adventure. Yeah. And I think uh, and I think they succeeded in doing that. But uh <clears throat> Also, talking of darkness, the character Clueless Morgan, who's the goat, um, mm -hmm. who gives the black spot to Tim Curry and goes, this is for you. He, um, I didn't realize this until just this viewing, his lips are stitched together like Frankenstein, mm -hmm. like his upper lip. And I'm like, that's terrifying. <laughs> I always knew he had little bandages and was kind of like beaten up and grody because he's a pirate. Mm -hmm. I did not realize his lips had been sewn back together. Uh, I, and I it's, think... Several of the puppet designs in this are, are pretty uh, gross oh, in a yeah. good way. Mm-hmm. Oh, all three of those Toms. Like, Walleye Pike has just, like, a big fish mm -hmm. hook stuck in his lip. There's one called One-Eyed Jack who is wearing an eye patch but doesn't have a second eye <laughs> on his face at all, which I think is very funny. Um, and then Polly Lobster, performed by Kevin Clash, who the universe will know as Elmo. So that's kind of a interesting thing to recognize. <laughs> yeah, that that's Elmo, who has a great joke where he goes, "Talking, talking parrots. <laughs> what a man! What an imagination! What's next? A sing and dance and mouth with his own amusement park? <laughs> that's good stuff." <laughs> I saw a video on YouTube today that was just a clip from Kingdom Hearts Two, where Mickey says, "Hey, fellas, did somebody mention the door to darkness?" <laughs> <laughs> the camera turns around and Mickey's standing there like a big cloak and hood. Those games are. I awesome. need to play those. I don't, but They're... I do. I may watch the the, the um, cutscenes on YouTube. Anyway, the first one's amazing. I love the first one. Is this is this Final Fantasy and Disney punching each other? Sure. That's all I want. Um, Cabin Fever. 
is a thing. It's a fun, a fun sequence in this movie. <laughs> Quite a thing. Uh, where they all like get hallucinations and just sort of. But it's like a group hallucination yeah. where they're all at a big luau. <laughs> that also includes like Alps yodeling mm-hmm. and um, like lion dancing. <laughs> it's so silly, Alex. What do you do when you get cabin fever? Um, pretty much exactly what you saw in the movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. So it's like. A little sexy? <laughs> is that is that what you took away? I mean, uh, but As, what? That was totally a goof, guys. What are you talking about? I, I do really enjoy after that when they go back to the prisoners in the in the brig, uh, oh, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, what was that music?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, Morgan's like, you know, cabin fever. No, 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 Brit- Britain. What, what, what I mean by that is, I, I go to my little pirate ship set and I, I set up little puppets and I do mm. a little musical number with them. That's what I do. So you re- you recreate the production of Cabin Fever. Look, guys, I'm out here in a crocodile sub next to the Titanic. What sure. else am I supposed sure. to do? As is can. And it's quarantine. <laughs> quarantine started. Everyone was like, "Well, I started baking bread or I'm doing yoga." And Alex is like, "I'm making pirate puppets to reenact my favorite scenes." <laughs> For a movie I've already forgotten. <laughs> sure. They should do a James Bond pirate movie where he, like, time travels and Ooh. has to, like, fight a bunch of pirates. Christopher Nolan knows a thing or two about time travel now. That's true, he does. Just saying. <laughs> and boats? <laughs> he loves having boats in his... Watching Tenet, because I watched Tenet recently. I, I think I said this to you guys. It just became very clear to me that Christopher Nolan very badly wants to make a James Bond movie. Yes, <laughs> accurate. Which, I mean, it's been true for a long time, but this one I was like, man, just let him, guys. <laughs> just, just let him. Him and Henry Golding. Let's just let's yeah. get it started. Um, other things to say about the movie that we watched. The end credits song is like a pop reggae number. Mm-hmm. That is not the Muppets, and it's just kind of weird. Sure. And I don't know if it influenced the Baja Men, <laughs> their hit song. Uh, we all know it. Best years of our lives from Shrek. And, but it, I, I'd forgotten about that song until this when I was rewatching, and I was like, "Oh yeah, what a weird way to end." <laughs> weird, because all the other Muppet movies end with like. A Muppet song, and this is like no love power, a little bit of love power. It's it's an odd choice. I wonder. So, um, I do wonder if that's a byproduct of Disney buying them. Um, if that's like a oh, we can sell this as a single. So oh, had yeah, the deal yeah. gone through before Christmas Carol? I think so because I think that Henson had closed it. Okay. Before, but I mean, like. Had it had that all been finalized? Like, was Christmas oh, Carol? Oh, 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 look, good question. I'm not sure. I like to imagine that Hans Zimmer actually helped with that reggae song, and that <laughs> by the time they got to to him working on Pirates of the Caribbean, he's like, "Guys, I've got this wonderful idea," and they were like, "No." <laughs> it wouldn't surprise yeah, Hans me. Is like, Go ahead. I think I have a great way for us to get one more Oscar nomination. <laughs> And, like, every single movie he's done since, he tries to introduce it. Like, he's just like, hey, Patty, I've got an idea for Wonder Woman 1984. 
It's a pop reggae tune. It would work because it's the 80s. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like a really fun way to end our, like, fun movie. And Jeff Johns is like, no! Serious! <laughs> I don't know what Jeff Johns is like. <laughs> I just chose him for that. No, this is serious. Now, show me the latest uh, concept art for the Wish Stone. <laughs> Um, I can confirm Christmas Carol was, uh, distributed by Disney as well. So. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I was going to say Hans Zimmer does get up to some weird, some weird stuff. I mean, it's not bad, I guess, but like the, the, if you look at the, uh, deluxe albums for, I think some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, like some of the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins, trilogy like there's some there's some remixes on there that are just like what why are you remixing your score like it's not, yeah. it's no, not... He, he does like to experiment a bit like even like the amazing spider-man 2 score like he brings mm-hmm. on like a bunch of different artists and it's you know i i don't like some of the choices made but like i i recognize like oh it's like a sure. group collaboration it's experimental that's neat sure yeah. i would love to hear aloe black cover anything from pirates 3 there you go. Is that a modern musician? Did I do a good job? <laughs> 32. <laughs> Coincidentally, the we're, this podcast is just about 32 minutes, so I think we've covered it. Uh. Yeah, this so th- 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 I think this is one of those things where like I I I really really do enjoy this movie, but Muppet Christmas Carol is a movie that I love and that we all loved. But there's a lot to talk about within it. It is right. rich, and there are different things. And it also stuck, clearly, in y'all's minds more. And this one is one that I really enjoy. And I'm trying to think of things to discuss that aren't just, like, me mentioning a bit sure. that I liked. It's funny. Music is good. Right, I th- right. I do think this one has the best love song between Kermit and Miss Piggy. I yeah. agree with that. I do agree with that. Th- this was the first one where I was like... I'm not annoyed by this. This doesn't feel like the weak song in a group sure. of relatively strong songs. That's a good point. And it does have a great lyric about now heaven seems so near and they're hanging upside down about to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also ends with the great joke of her falling and Kermit catches her and she's like, oh, Kermit, thank you, thank you. And they pan up and his eyes are like completely bugged out. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. She has a lot of great, I mean, Piggy's always hysterical, but she has a great line in this where it's revealed that she has like, uh, past flings with Captain Flint and with Long John Silver, and she calls him Long John. <laughs> but then Kermit's like, "Really, him too?" And she goes, "Well, he was a pirate. I was a lady. You know the story." I I, I do wonder if if part of the problem is like this is one of those cases where Treasure Island as a story was like so revolutionary when it was first written and like set the stage for so many pirate and adventure stories after it that sure. returning to it seems kind of quaint. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I I've seen more complicated versions of this type of story since then, more sophisticated versions. So returning to this one is just very yeah. simplistic and I don't have a whole lot of emotional investment. You know, I'm wondering if that's the case. You know, like, like, uh, like treasure planet and treasure buddies. Uh, <laughs> I, I do I do want to go back and watch Treasure Planet to see I do as well, if actually. I had the same yeah. feeling or reaction watching that that I do watching this. Because, like, Christmas Carol, you know, obviously that's kind of been redone over time and, and readapted over time. But it's it's not like 
I don't feel like it, it, it set the stage for a whole genre of, of that yeah. type of story, you know? It's kind of just like, no, that's mm-hmm. like a very unique plot. Right. And it's just been yeah, repeated. That, yeah. Yeah, that's true because yeah, Treasure Island, I don't know if it created, but it certainly like popularized that idea of pirate adventure stories. And yeah, Chris, like tons of people do Christmas Carol stuff, but it's always, oh, you're doing a Christmas Carol as opposed to, oh, you're doing a pirate thing. Right, right. There's more specificity with it. And, and yeah, I think that's true. And I, I remember, I, I don't know the last time I watched Treasure Planet, but I remember it being pretty enjoyable. And it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great looking movie. And it's um, got a Goo Goo Doll song. Yeah. It sure does. How, how can you hate it? David Hyperion. The early 2000s were a weird time for music and animation. Hans Zimmer also fought for that to be in every single <laughs> one of his movies. I don't think he's even connected to Treasure Planet. <laughs> I remember there, Mr. Arrow was like a big rock guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, this is, um, I think, and also like we said, you know, Treasure Island is an adventure story. It's not, there is pathos in it, but it's not the Christmas Carol level of it. There's not as much to mine sure. from it. And I think I think they do a great job committing to like, let's do it. Let's just have fun. Let's just be goofy. Let's have, at the end of the big fight, all of the heroes are wearing the same white, puffy pirate shirt. <laughs> Somehow, mysteriously, I believe that Miss Piggy brought a wardrobe change. But still, that everybody else was like, yeah, me too now. I'm also dressed this yeah. way. And they do that bit where uh, uh, Long John's about to kill Kermit, and Jim's like, if you're going to kill Captain Smollett, you have to kill me. And Gonzo says, if you're going to kill Jim, you have to kill me and Fozzie. And they all keep mm-hmm. going down the line. And the Rizzo goes, and if you kill Squire Trelawney and Mr. Bimbo, you'll have to negotiate strenuously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, going back to Fozzie, I actually did find him very enjoyable in the movie. Hmm. I, oh, he's still a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I do understand, like, the complaint of, like, well, he's not an idiot. But, like, yeah. the thing that he keeps talking to his finger and... <laughs> Like Mr. Bimbo is like, is that a character from Treasure Island? Is this? I don't know what I was supposed I, to glean from that. I can't remember. I don't. It it may be. And then they were like, who should play Mr. Bimbo? You know, it'd be funny. <laughs> I, I I also liked. Um, I really enjoyed Billy Connolly in the beginning of this as a uh, um, Billy Bones because mm-hmm. he's just screaming the entire time he's on screen, like right. just bellowing, and he has his speech to Jim about beware the one-legged man and then you know later on oh, well they think he dies and then he wakes back up and he says beware beware and they go we know beware a one-legged man and he says yes that but also running with scissors or any other kind of sharp pointy objects <laughs> and then he passes and there's this moment and Rizzo goes we are standing in a room with a dead guy and they all just start screaming I liked all of that I, I, I really enjoy Billy Connolly and um Oh, there's a second bit. I don't know. Good movie. <laughs> um, I regret to inform you that Treasure Buddies is actually about Egyptian treasure. I, I was hoping it would be a Treasure Island remake, but what about what are like, uh, uh, it, so is that does that also have like Treasure Buddies Brotherhood and Treasure Buddies like Revelations? <laughs> treasure Buddies Valhalla. The Treasure Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Black Flag. I, I was really hoping you were going to go with with the Tom Cruise Mummy. I thought that's where you were going sure. at first. Mm. Also, I was like, oh, oh, Assassin's Creed. Okay, Tyler, you're you're more clever than I am. Okay, <laughs> we get it. We get it. Uh, 
Man. This this movie has also made me realize that I I I want to see the Muppets go in two different directions because I think I want. I feel like a good, and I haven't even really read this story, but I feel like the three musketeers, like the three mm. Muppeteers, I guess, would be a good. Oh, like that's yeah. a good angle. But I also really want the Muppets adapting like Moby Dick, <laughs> which is just <laughs> this long, like yeah. torturous, uh, like journey into hell, basically. <laughs> No, right. no, 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 no. We we need we need uh, the Muppet version of In the Heart of the Sea, which is the story that inspired <laughs> Moby Dick. So, um, <laughs> one, one comment, a comment and a question. The comment is: There's a part of so Sweetums, uh, the big giant Muppet from Muppet movie. He's in this. He's one of the pirates. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where he saves Kermit during the fight. And he goes, "I thought you were, you know, fighting against us." He goes, "What? No, what are you talking about? I love you guys." And that's kind of a follow-up from the Muppet movie where he kept chasing them and we thought he yeah. was going to hurt them, but he was right. actually just wanting to help. And I was like, that's cute. Second thing, if you guys could pick any movie, like existing movie, and you only keep one human actor, everybody else is either a puppet or a Muppet character inhabiting that character, what would you pick? So, like, an example would be... Um, I'm not uh, like you would like, like hereditary, but we only keep like Tony Collette, and everybody else is now a Muppet, uh, Dark <laughs> including Paimon. I, I would do Dark Knight Rises, but Kermit is Bane, um, because I'm I'm just imagining Kermit picking up Christian Bale Batman and breaking his back. It's interesting that you go with Kermit. <laughs> that said, I do love the idea of Christian Bale. Talking to Kermit, just in general. Just... No, just, Kermit getting up there on top of the the tumbler, and he's got the mask on, and he's giving that big speech about how we're gonna we're gonna uh, liberate Gotham, and ever the the evil, powerful people in this town are gonna pay, and they're gonna stand trial, and he's just standing off in the corner while the the monkey trials are going on, or whatever, and then uh, the kangaroo court. That's it, <laughs> monkey mm-hmm. trials, um, kangaroo court. Um, yeah, that's my vote. <laughs> I feel like I needed to like prep before this. this no, is, I should have. This should have sent a prompt. This could you could go. Just... I would also edit my hereditary comment and say that um, the only human we keep is the sun. I because think that makes... P- Piggy could be uh, Tony Collette. <laughs> Well, my brother, you know he gets schizophrenia and whatever. But the, <laughs> the problem is that whenever Ann Dowd comes to, like, bother her, she would just, like, karate chop her and the movie would be over a lot sooner. <laughs> and I guess Ann Dowd would be, like, Janice. Oh, my God, that would be so good. Hey, Louie, I brought your chalkboard. <laughs> We're going to do, like, a seance, Okay. <laughs> May I also throw out as a possibility the Star Wars prequels, but Gonzo is Anakin. Okay. Interesting. Wait, but who's the who's the one? Who's 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 the one human you keep? That's a one human. Yes. Yeah. The, Wait. Like no, I thought it was. Actor. I thought it was the reverse. I think you've. Oh no, no, no. It's, yes. You you keep one human actor. Everybody else in the movie is a mother. Oh, you didn't call me on on my Dark Knight Rises thing. That's I figured thing. you I thought, were I just I, very excited. You about were keeping Christian Bale and Kermit yeah, being. Oh, okay. <laughs> I follow. I follow. I think. Uh, now I got to rethink it. Yeah, Tyler, this is much harder than I thought. <laughs> I, well, for one, I do think Anakin being human and everyone else being Muppets. <laughs> 
pretty good. That might actually make those movies make more sense. Jar Jar already oh my kind God. of is. Pygmy. Pygmy. Pygmy um, Hamadala. Uh, I, I think, and this this feels very boring because I'm I'm scrambling to find just like the first movie off the top of my head. I think I've decided my my answer would be uh, Captain America: Civil War, but the only one we keep is Daniel Bruhl. <laughs> so he's, he's manipulating this the superhero war between Muppets. <laughs> okay, um, I see your Civil War and raise you. There will be blood. Okay. We only keep the boy. <laughs> And Sam the Eagle is Daniel Plainview. I was going to say, you're like, uh, yeah, that works. That fits. It's pretty good. We're going to get oil. It's the American way. <laughs> Trenchant. Uh, okay. Mad Max Fury Road, but we only keep Tom Hardy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here for that. That might yeah. be a little too obvious, but I like <laughs> no, it. I think that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, I really, I really like Statler and Waldorf in this as the uh, the masthead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also the, I liked how they worked in Swedish Chef, where he's just a cook in the uh, in the tribe, and they just put like one of those little pig noses uh-huh. like on a string on his face, and the vegetables are like, how else are we going to get him in this movie? <laughs> There's also a great bit where um, the Electric Mayhem are there, and uh, it should be noted that. Uh, Dr. Teeth and Janice don't say anything in that scene because Jim Henson and Richard Hunt had both mm-hmm. passed. But Floyd is like, or maybe it's Zoot, says like, so I'm confused. Are we with the pirates or the frog captain? And Floyd's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Just play the gig. <laughs> and then I think Animal's just like, pirates, pirates. Does he start yelling pirates or does he yell politics? Oh, that's it. That's it. Because uh, Floyd says, "Don't just play the gig. Don't get involved in politics." And then Animal yells, "Politics, politics, politics!" politics. <laughs> ah, trenchant. Um, another one would be um, Million Dollar Baby. Sure, but it's Clint Eastwood is the one you keep. Sure. And he's just sitting there, like <laughs> stroking Miss Piggy's hair, trying to decide if he'll unplug. The, I don't... <laughs> if he'll. <laughs> Yes, I uh, gotta decide if I'm gonna. If I'm gonna who's cut Morgan the Freeman in that? Um, as like an old, worn-out boxer, probably. Oh, uh, okay. You guys haven't met Bobo the Bear, but I'm gonna say Bobo the Bear. Okay. Okay. We'll meet Bobo the Bear next I, week. I don't know why this triggered, and I this will be my last uh, entry into this, which was a good thought experiment. I like it. Um, yeah. uh, you. you I've just had the vision of George Clooney being the only human and up in the air. <laughs> oh, he's firing <laughs> Muppets. And I guess, uh, I don't know if uh, Miss Piggy is um, Anna Kendrick or, or, or how we're playing that. But like, yeah, she's Vera Farmiga. Or... I, I, I feel like, I feel like there's something there. I really like, or I like the idea that, it, but it's like uh, Gonzo is Anna Kendrick. And he's just like really terrible at firing everybody. All right, I, I got F- one. Fozzie is that Galifianakis in that movie? Right? I got there one. You one. Go. Uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, but J.K. Simmons. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to keep J.K. You got to keep just keep Simmons for sure. I'm on board. <laughs> Miss Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw it. 
Give me a violin. <laughs> I saw a um, somebody. Maybe it was one of y'all shared this thing about how the Great Gatsby is about to be in the public domain. Mm-hmm. So that means the Muppets can do it, <laughs> which I think would be pretty fun. Because um, I don't really care about the Great Gatsby one way or the other. There, I said it. Um, Ooh, controversial. Take take, take take that high school. <laughs> but um, it's pretty good. But yeah. I thought the Should movie we was dive on to grades. Like, is there anything yeah, else? Yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. A town, what you got? Uh, I f- I feel bad because this is probably going to be my lowest grade so far. Sure. But uh, I I feel like I've I've even like Great Muppet Caper, which previously would have been my least favorite of the ones we had done. I remember that one more than this, which is huh. unfortunate yeah. because I almost feel like I need just like a five minute super cut. Of the funniest moments from this movie, and I'm good. Mm. Yeah, sure. Um, as opposed to the full film itself, which is unfortunate. Um, it, it's perfectly fine, but like I said, just kind of disposable. So I'm probably going to go B minus. It is also uh, notable that your lowest grade for Muppet movie so far is B minus. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that says some good stuff about this one. Tyler, what are you doing? I'm going to do B. Stuff up. Did I give? I think I gave Muppet Caper a B minus. Maybe. Yeah. No, you gave it a B. Okay, so tight. Well, I would I would put this above Muppet Caper. I think I think I did enjoy it more, but I, I think it does suffer from some similar disinterest problems for me. Sure. Um. And and, and similarly, that that is one that is all goofs. Mm-hmm. Muppet Caper is like essentially all goofs. I'm gonna go A minus because I just sure. you know I still have a lot of fondness for it. But again, y'all y'all have seen this movie once a few days ago. I saw this movie a million times over the course of 32 years. Sure. Right. <laughs> so, like, I've... I, this movie has had much more time to, like, get baked into my, look, my soul. Look, Britain, if we were reviewing The Page Master starring Macaulay Culkin, that would be an A-plus <laughs> from go. me, and it'd be, like, a C-minus for the both of you, so... And in that movie, it would only keep the blue book. Everybody else, <laughs> including Macaulay Culkin, is a puppet. <laughs> but then again, Hi. Patrick... Patrick Stewart does play an animated uh, pirate book, so. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, he does. I, um, I'll be interested to see, because the next few movies we do, I've only seen the revival Muppet movies once apiece. Uh-huh. And Muppets from Space, I saw in the theater, and I, I remember it, but this things are about to get different. <laughs> like, not as different as when James Bobbin directs the, the final two, but like. We're about to enter more uncharted waters. Exactly, exactly. So I'll be interested to see kind of how what my thoughts are. Um, regarding those. Uh, speaking of movies that we are still letting soak in, uh, now it's time to get into recommendations. Yeah. Alex, do you have a recommendation this week? Um, I don't actually. <laughs> okay, um, Alex says, we are, we could be heroes. Robert Rodriguez's <laughs> new film. Every time I start to get into something, I get like into, it, it, I've gotten into it like 20 minutes. I'm like, eh, it's whatever. Like, um, Last night, I, I saw on HBO Max, they added um, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which is a, a very dumb title. Um, but I remember it, it's an animated movie that came out either last year or the year before, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like the end of that line of DC animated movies that started back in like 2012 or sure. whenever their Flashpoint movie happened. Um, and it, I remember a lot of people talking about it at the time because it's like, oh, it's just like really dark, dystopian thing and it's like all the snyder bots are coming out and being like 
look at all the stuff they're doing in an animated movie, not like that kitty Avengers Endgame nonsense. So I was, I was like, uh, I have a feeling this isn't going to go very, very well at all. Um, and I got like 20 minutes minutes into it. It's fine. It's an, it's an interesting premise. It's basically just like, what if Darkseid just came, you know, attacked them and won? <laughs> and it's, the focus is on John Constantine, which is interesting, which is why it's called Justice League Dark, because apparently that's like the more supernatural team, um, mm. including John Constantine uh, or John Constantine. I don't even remember which is the correct pronunciation of that. Um I'm curious about watching the rest of it because I, I don't know how it all shakes out. I just know at the beginning it's like, oh, half the Justice League gets like violently murdered by Darkseid and his armies and people were losing their minds about that. So, so in, I know it's only been 20 minutes, so like you can't really say. How many lines would you estimate were punctuated by somebody stubbing out a cigarette? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> oh, well. Well, ba- basically the, the idea is, is that like – the, the focus is on Constantine because he's able to escape this huge calamity that happens, but he's like a drunken mess afterwards. Mm. And yeah. a couple of, of superheroes that have, have managed to survive this try and find him, and they're like, we can we can fix this. Um, and that's about as far as I've gotten. Like Animal Man? Yeah. Well, like Animal Man, correct. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I really... I, yeah, I, yeah. Just my last thought on this. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's... It, I do believe it's an R rating, but it's only R because of the violence, it seems. Huh. Like, it's not going overboard with, like, sexual content or That's or nice. language, which mm-hmm. I appreciated because it could be, like, you know, I, I know we we like to poke fun at Logan even though that is a, a very good movie where it's like, oh, you didn't need that many F-bombs. Um, sure. sure. I, I don't think the movie even has, or at least thus far, didn't even have one F-bomb. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, 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 might, I might watch the rest of it. Or maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. I like. I, I was thinking about this today that I feel like we would make more jokes about we could be heroes if the title was funnier. Because it's just, just you know, it's not like shark shark it's not like shark boy, yeah, exactly. shark boy and lava girl revengeance or uh, anything of the sort. Like that. That's what yeah, we avengement. Really, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, and and uh, but Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is so yeah like a bot roast <laughs> Shark Shark it Boy is. and Lava Girl Apocalypse War. It it honestly comes off to me as as like almost the Captain America Civil War thing where it's like well you could have just called it like Marvel Civil War. Sure, like you didn't. Yeah. You can you can cut that down like or just the, the only I thing think... I can think of is maybe. Specifically, having dark in the title, yeah. maybe that's supposed to discourage kids. I don't know, or maybe so. parents when they're trying to pick out a movie for their kids. Sure. Maybe what part that's of my, that's my only what part theory of, on that? Uh, Zack Otherwise, Snyder's, it's a dumb title. What part of Zack Snyder's Justice League is supposed to deter kids? Because uh... it has the word "cut" in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say it, it has the word "Zack Snyder" in it. The, the, I mean, I guess. Uh, Britain, do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, so I've, I've been catching up on my 2020s uh, movies, um, most of which I've like, I have a couple of the big titles that like, I can't really add anything new. Mm-hmm. So like Tenet I liked and Soul I liked, um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm-hmm. I liked. Um, but so, so the, I'm going to recommend a movie that's a little more esoteric than this. Uh, I watched a documentary mm-hmm. called Dick Johnson is Dead. 
this is a, as a, a movie that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, on Netflix. And it's uh, Chris, Kristen Johnson who made it. She's a documentary filmmaker. And her father, Dick Johnson, uh, started to have, like, somewhat failing memory and some poorer health a few years ago. And they had already been through a much more... A difficult time at the end of her mother's life who was suffering from Alzheimer's and she wanted, she, she approached her dad and said, hey, what if we made a movie about you dying in all of these different crazy ways and that'll kind of like help us confront this thing and deal with it very directly but also at a distance and so it is, it's a movie about making that movie hmm. where, you know, they'll have him walking down the street and then like an air conditioner falls on his head or he, like, trips and falls down the stairs, and he's all crazy bent up at the bottom of the stairs and stuff like that. But it's also about their relationship and mm-hmm. him and, you know, about the kind of the idea of being at the end of one's life. And it's a movie that I really want to qualify. It is it is a directly about the loss of a parent and about the loss of memory and about, like, it, it made me think a lot about old age of like my eventual old age and the old age of people I know and have known. So like it's very, it hits you very much that way. Um, he, his, this is not, was well, not really a spoiler, but his memory never goes so far that he like doesn't remember his daughter. So it's not, there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. There is footage. She has footage of her mother who did get to that point. So you, you do have a scene with that and that's kind of difficult, but, um, uh, it is so beautifully made and so lovingly made and so sweet and moving and gorgeous that like I loved it, but I definitely had to like take an intermission. And it's not a, it's maybe like an hour forty minute, hmm. maybe shorter movie. Like it's not long, but I had to take an intermission because I was like, this is just a lot of feelings. This is a lot happening, and it's good. Um, it's good feelings. Um, and and the the real selling point is Dick Johnson himself is such a sweet, lovable kind wonderful guy you just totally fall in love with him and uh they have like a fake funeral for him and like one of his like best friends speaks at that and that guy's really sweet one of my favorite things in documentaries is watching like everyday people be nice to each other <laughs> and this movie definitely has that so it definitely like steal yourself before you watch it it's not truly graphic it's just very emotional uh in some painful ways but ultimately in very beautiful cathartic ways but like definitely like heads up that it deals with some very real things but i think in a very beautiful way so dick johnson is dead there you go um yeah i'm gonna steal uh alex's recommendation slot here and do two uh which is it's putting the pressure on me because that means please do i feel like a complete (laughs) jerk after saying yeah i watched 20 minutes of this r-rated Ultra violent, maybe dumb thing, and then Britain's like, "Yeah, I watched a super emotional documentary." Well, Come one on. of his is going to be the well, one of his is going to be the way back. So, <laughs> sorry, three recommendations. Thank you. Um, no, uh, th- this does you mean... watch the way back three times this week. <laughs> yeah, better every time, man. Better every time. Um, I. Uh, this this is gonna make me have to like actually watch more stuff this week because these are both things. Well, anyway, I won't I won't have one in my back pocket for next week, so I'll have to work. Um, but the first thing I'm going to recommend is Mulholland Drive. Uh, I watched this a couple weeks ago. Uh, David Lynch film, as longtime listeners will know, I've been uh, on the David Lynch bandwagon for a while, but have not really 
uh, immerse myself beyond Twin Peaks. Um, so I have been catching up on a few of his. Uh, I recommended Elephant Man a couple weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, it's real good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. the, my my first... The first thing I want to say about it is that I think the last, like, 20 minutes of it or so... I forget exactly how long it is. I think it's around two hours, maybe two and a half. Um, and the last, like, 20 minutes of it or so are, are quite kind of a tonal shift or... or it, it, there, there is a twist, quote unquote, and there's a very like film school level analysis theory that is the most popular thing presented that I think sells the movie very short. Um, so I would, I recommend this with the caveat not to go in and then like wanting to solve it, um, mm. because I think there's a ton of like just content and uh, themes and story and characters and stuff <laughs> to yeah. to mine from this movie it is it is definitely it, it feels like his uh magnum opus um naomi watts is excellent uh yeah. i forget the name of the actress who plays oh yeah no no you mean i should probably have had this that. prepared beforehand i will look it up while i'm talking um or britain i got it you keep, uh, yeah i got it you, you focus but yeah and, and oh laura herring there you laura go herring. yeah, yeah. Um, and they're both great. They, uh, basically she, Laura Herring being a character who does not have a name, um, at least for, it's a mystery. It's as to who she is. Um, she gets in a, in a car crash at the very beginning of the movie and then, uh, finds her way into an apartment that Naomi Watts is staying at. Uh, and, they begin to investigate the mystery of who she is together. Um, and that's kind of a very high level thing. There's a ton of fun, weird extra stuff. Like there's other characters floating around. Um, Justin Thoreau, uh, is this like Hollywood, uh, director who's kind of a, a hot shot, like quick tempered kind of guy. Um, he's a ton of fun. There is a cameo in this movie that I don't want to spoil because like my jaw dropped when I, when I watched it, uh, <laughs> and and saw this and it's just amazing um and yeah the, I, there's uh, as the movie gets farther and farther along and like the layers kind of build on each other um there were scenes that just had me like completely floored um for you know 10 minutes of just sitting there like this is one of the most like crazy compelling uh like bonkers deep things I've ever watched. Uh, and huh? I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's a hard yeah, movie yeah. to talk around, um, because there's so much stuff that happens in it. Not because I, and I, I avoid spoilers, not cause I want to, or not cause I think it's a movie that is that dependent on its plot. Although the plot is a lot more straightforward than you would probably think. If, yeah. if, if you've heard of the movie's reputation, like it, it takes a while for it to really go off the deep end. You, you can follow pretty easily what's happening for a while. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, it is, it is just a fantastic movie and I don't want to give away anything that could color like the impact. If it is something that I have sold you on, um, or that yeah. you've been planning to watch for a while, I would highly recommend getting around to it because, uh, I think it's a masterpiece. So. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think when I saw it, I was like, 
maybe 20 mm-hmm. or something, and I just, like, randomly decided to watch it. And I remember being, like, hypnotized yeah. by it, because I'd never seen a Lynch movie, and, I, like, everything about it, I was just like, what is going on? In a beautiful way. And yet there is, there is a, a, there's a thing that, like, Naomi Watts is an actress, and there's her rehearsing for an audition and then doing the audition. Mm-hmm. And those yes. two scenes are so beautifully, like, juxtaposed. Yes. Like, it is incredible. Yeah. I remember just being completely knocked over when I, there are, when I watched that. Yeah, there, that's, yeah, there are multiple scenes, I think, where yeah. I was just watching it, and I was like... And again, going back to the fact that it's not really about solving the movie, it is about experiencing it. There are scenes that yeah. are just like... This individual scene is, like, an amazing just thing. Like, you don't really need the yeah. context. All the context helps, and they, it, they all build off of each other. But there's so many scenes that are just every time we cut to something new, it's like this is amazing. Like <laughs> it's completely different, and this is also great. Um, For sure. Uh, yeah. How did you watch it? Uh, I think I just rented the film. Cool. Uh, this is one of those that I had been thinking about watching on my Nintendo Switch for a while, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it on uh, on the big screen. And I'm glad I I did yeah. that instead because uh, it oh, is man. it is very well shot, and I think it's it. You want it to be as immersive as you can make it. Uh, when you watch the yeah. movie. And that would be a weird movie to see, like, in the up in the corner of the screen, see, like, Mario Party is finished updating. <laughs> sure, sure. Eh, You're like, I mean, oh, well, okay. It didn't work. If anything, that could enhance the experience. <laughs> I would agree. I think it could. Um, David Lynch is like, you can finally fight all those rabbits and Koopas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I need I need a video game where David Lynch is, like, he's the narrator during the tutorials. <laughs> It's it's Little Big Planet, but instead of Stephen Fry, yeah. it's David Lynch. Yeah. I was gonna say I want I want David Lynch to direct the Mario movie reboot, the, the live mm-hmm. action Mario. Well, you can jump. You can do a double jump if you think that'll get you anywhere. <laughs> um, my my other recommendation for this week, uh, I was gonna, I I had this all lined up when I was like, you know, this has turned out to be a short podcast. This will be a fun because I can recommend this thing that's very long. Uh, and it'll fit together. Uh, but now we've gone for an hour, so we are clearly incapable of being efficient on this program. Um, the recommendation I have is for a six-hour YouTube video. <laughs> uh, it is a review by a man named Tim Rogers, uh, and he is reviewing a 90s Japanese dating sim called uh, Tokimeki Memorial. Um you, I would just recommend looking up Tim Rogers. He has a bunch of other good video game reviews that are also super long. None as long as this, uh, but they're also quite long, and, and they're all great. I've I've been a fan of his since he started this kind of, like, series of videos. Um, but this one in particular is, like, I would say he has a very particular sense of humor, and I would say watch, like, ten minutes of it if this is something that has any interest to you at all. Um but I think if you watch 10 or 15 minutes of it and you find yourself enjoying it, uh, you will enjoy the whole thing. And he makes some very profound insights and comments about video game design and uh, like the history of this type of video game and how it influenced other types of video games and stuff. Um, and also just like on overall human uh, like revelations that this seemingly silly dating game can give. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it's it's one of the coolest things on youtube uh and <laughs> like i i've been uh obsessed like i said i've been obsessed with his stuff since he started making the these long video re- video game reviews um 
and uh, this one was the first one, I think, where I was finally like, that was enough content. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Uh, and the other <laughs> ones have been like around two or three hours, so I think that says something. Um, so I'd highly recommend uh, looking them up if you, if you haven't heard of them. That does sound really interesting. Um, Obviously, it is. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, certainly. Th- this, for me, has been a lot of like putting it on while I'm working, like having kind of a yeah, side yeah. thing. Um, the not quite like background noise, but, uh, something that's not like I have to be following every single thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'd like to well, add on top of that, uh, a YouTuber that, yeah. that we've all, uh, I don't know if we've discussed it on the podcast before, but uh, there's a YouTuber called Sideways who who mainly mm. focuses on on film scores and film soundtracks. Uh, did a wonderful breakdown of uh, Les Mis, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the most great. recent adaptation with the Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, and why uh, there's a lot of problems with how uh, <laughs> Tom Hooper executed that movie. Sure. Um, if you haven't gotten enough of a Cats fix. Because 2020, going into 2021, I mean, I, I know that's just all, that's that's what we were missing, was more yeah. discussion on Cats. For sure. He does like an hour-long breakdown about why that movie is the, just the worst thing. And <laughs> it he, he gets very in-depth with like why, on a music level, everything is wrong with that movie. That is very exciting. Um because I definitely have thoughts, and I, I'll be interested to see how they line up. There you go. Five recommendations. <laughs> I don't think you counted the way back three times. Oh, right. Excuse me. Eight recommendations. <laughs> Wait, subtract what? one. I have to. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War wasn't actually a recommendation. Five, five and one fifth. <laughs> the question is now. When I watch The Way Back, will it be out of curiosity or a prank? <laughs> are you just gonna? Like, I don't. Know. Are you just gonna sit by yourself saying, "Man, I'm pranking myself so hard right now." I'm totally getting. Oh my gosh, this is so stupid. It's so hilarious that I'm watching this. Britain's gonna love this. This is crazy, man. Is crazy. What if I watch The Way Back as a joke? I say to my empty house, <laughs> "Fright." It's not like I even like it or anything. I'm putting but... it on you. I'll try and stop me. And I start crying, and I'm like, I'm so good at pretending to cry at this. It's fine. I it's recently, a fine movie. It, it is recently, a perfectly fine movie. I, I recently did spend a morning watching the 2006 film Bratz mm-hmm. with a Z. Mm-hmm. Um, because, 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 because of the wonderful, wonderful things they does. Um, <laughs> Nine no, recommendations. Be, <laughs> no, because uh, the Flophouse, uh, a mo- bad movie... Uh, podcast that i love very much where they watch a bad movie and then talk about it recently released a commentary track mm. they had done back in like 2013 at a live show <laughs> okay and so i i synced that right up and it was really good because on the commentary track you can hear them you can hear the movie uh-huh. a little bit so it's really easy to sync up the dialogue okay and i had a ball that movie know. is insane the commentary is strong but the movie is absolute just nonsense and i loved it and it was a good time um and we're a good time too. This podcast, yeah. And, and if you want, if people want more good times. Oh, Tyler, where can they find us? You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at hctsequels. Uh, you can uh, email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. 
And hey, if you want uh, more good time, uh, I think it's on Netflix, the, the film starring Robert Pattinson. So what's that? Ten recommendations. I've not watched that movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, next week we're doing Muppets from Space. And uh, that'll and, be an out-of-this-world adventure. Ew. That's the last one before the revival, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. yeah, this is the last one. Actually, I think that'll be the last one that Frank Oz is in mm. and Jerry Nelson. and Not the last for Dave Goals, but for a lot of the like main Muppet performers, right. it's going to be a final hurrah. Um, and it's not directed by Brian Henson. Like, this is kind of the bridge between, like, oh, they're starting to, like, float away somewhat. But we'll have, we'll have a lot of new characters to talk about, new friends, new regulars. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've been Tyler. <laughs> I'm Alex, and I've been Britain, and you're having a good night. No time to die is also a film. <laughs>